Back to the crossover podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports. And wow, wow, gentlemen, both the Needles brothers are here again. Wow, um, greatest comeback in NFL history. I think I, it has to be so, if you consider the yep. stakes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, the conversation would obviously be between last night Falcons Patriots and the Frank Wright game, would it not? Yeah, that had to be it. But since that was that was what uh, was that a wild card round, second round doesn't really matter. That that yeah. wasn't in the Super Bowl. It's mm-hmm. got to be. It's 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 got to be last night. Uh, I know that the the Frank Wright game, the score is a little more out of hand, but it has to be last night. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It was it was it was absolutely insane on the on the drive home because we actually got a chance to uh, get to a central location and and watch that that game together last night, and it was. Man, it was stunning. It was it was absolutely insane. And on the drive home, I just kept like sitting there and thinking about it and trying to figure out what went wrong for the Atlanta Falcons. And if if you guys will indulge me, I, I rewatched that second half a couple of times, and I think I've come up with nine distinct moments, not counting the Patriots actually scoring points where it went wrong for the for the Atlanta Falcons. So, so if, if you don't mind, I, I would like to go through this with you guys. Sure. Yep. So it basically starts going wrong for the Atlanta Falcons. Like turning point. Number one occurs with six minutes left in the third quarter. The score is 28, 23. The Pats have a fourth and three. And it, it, you'll, uh, you'll remember this is right after uh, the Patriots tried that uh, really, really stupid uh, uh, Julian Edelman. Yeah. Yeah, the Julian Edelman throw. So they convert the third and three. So that's turning, or the fourth and three. So that's turning point number one. Turning point number two for me, I think, is the Falcons coming away with nothing after failing an onside kick, after the New England failed onside kick attempt. Yep. So that's turning point number two for me. Turning point number three, the Falcons have the ball, deep drop, and call a deep drop on a third and one, with 8.30 left in th- in the fourth quarter, and that results in the Donta Hightower sack fumble. Yeah, that wasn't good. No. Third and, th- third and one, it was. Third and one, and they called a deep drop. Turning point number four. Falcons are on the Pats 23, up eight, with 3.56. 3.56 left in the game, and this is where it really starts getting bad. Yeah. They call a deep drop, which results in the 12-yard sack. <sighs> <laughs> that was the play where you're like, okay, this is a real problem. Actually, no, it wasn't even that because they were still in field goal range after that. It's, it's yeah. what I'm sure is the next play you're about to mention. That yeah, was a real tough play. goal at that point. Turning yeah. point number five, the Falcons get called for a holding on the very next play, and the refs miss a face mask call on the Patriots, which takes Atlanta out of field goal range. That's turning point number five. And right after that, which I didn't necessarily consider this a turning point, but the next play they, they ran an incomplete pass and had to punt. But it was still a good punt. So turning point number six, there's a third and ten on the Pats nine, and Brady manages to get a 16-yard completion to Chris Hogan. Turning point number seven, now there's 223 left. 
The Tom Brady pass gets tipped by Robert Alford, and Juliet Edelman makes the catch, exercising the ghost of David Tyree with this miraculously insane catch. And, and we're all glad that the Patriots fans got to, get, you know, like they get to come full circle on that one. I'm not glad about that. <laughs> was it was it that drive too that uh, a ball got tipped at the line and Bennett gr- scooped it? Yeah, there there was another one. It looked like a I think linebacker that was had a couple of drives earlier. Yeah, that was another but one still. though. Yeah. Right after that same play at the 203 mark, Dan Quinn loses his goddamn mind and challenges said miraculous catch, stopping the clock before the two minute warning and wasting his final timeout. Thus leading. Now, at this point, the Patriots have tied the game, and because of that insane thing, the with 57 seconds left, Atlanta runs a series of bonehead plays that basically are designed to get to overtime because they lost said insane because uh, they because they lost said stupid challenge. Uh, 103. I just decided to throw, or with three seconds left, I just decided to throw this in there. The Pats run a hilarious yet awesome fake <laughs> kneel down fumble ruski, which results in Dion Lewis. Tearing it, spiking himself, and tearing his ACL. So, Turns out that was just a hamstring tweak. He's okay. All right. Thank, thank goodness, because that would have been... That would have been bad. That would have been of the more embarrassing ones. And turning point number nine, um, the Pats call heads in overtime. Yeah. Well, yeah, as soon as they got the ball in overtime and you saw the way they're moving it, like, okay, mm-hmm. they're scoring here. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was... To, to me, the point where I'm like, oh, this is a real problem was the holding penalty. Yeah, the yeah. holding penalty on Matthews. Because if they were up by two scores, there they needed an onside kick and some other things to happen. It would have been near impossible. So the the sack, I think, put it in like a oh they might not hit this field goal. And the holding was they're not even yeah. going to get to kick this field goal. Here's the thing with the whole like remember the the play on the holding. There was a a little dump off to Sanu which got them seven eight yards. Mm-hmm. So that was going to be a field goal from the twenty five yard line if there's no hole yeah. on that play. You know, and that was that that was the thing. Now, I know there's a lot of people getting after Kyle Shanahan for not running the ball there three times, and they, they probably should have done exactly that, even though uh, they lost a little bit of space on um, – they lost a little bit of yardage, rather, on, on the Freeman run, the first one on first down that made it second and 11. But still, it just – just keep running the ball. You've been so good at running the ball for the entire yeah. season. That's why you are where you are. And even if you and, want to throw it, do a quick out, not a deep drop, and what, you, you look at a – dagger them with a touchdown you don't need a touchdown you need a score any score yeah exactly i, I said to someone on the uh, on the air today on the uh, the other job if this was a cfl all they would have needed was a rouge and the game would have been out of reach yeah on first down matt masher this is his moment <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i did bet on him getting mvp i'll admit it <laughs> really okay well you know what what, what, what would that pay out three to one yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it was uh, that. That to me was the, the 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 whole problem. I think once the Patriots got the ball back and you sort of the way that they had been moving it, Atlanta's defensive line in the first half they were getting consistent pressure rushing four. All of a sudden that was gone in the second half for a variety of different reasons. The Patriots getting the ball a little bit faster. The the guys were tired. There wasn't a lot of depth on the Atlanta defense. Uh, whatever you want to say, the reasoning was either way they were not getting that pressure in the second half, and that was a real problem. Well, a lot of it had to do with the fact that. The Pats ran twice as many plays as the Falcons, and uh, one of the former NFL tight end, who's now a, a analyst, I believe, on I forget which channel he's on, but uh, George Reister was was ringing this bell um, even at the beginning of the second half when it was twenty-one-three. Yep, and it was saying that the the because of the pick six, 
and and the quick scores, the Patriots had just ran twice as many plays as the Falcons. And the thing that was helping the Falcons win at the beginning of the game was they were getting pressure, rushing four, and that worked up until the, I'd say, the nine-minute mark of the fourth quarter when the defense started getting tired because the Pats had run twice as many plays as the Falcons and actually ended up running 93 plays to the Falcons' 46. Yeah, that's certainly do it as far as the defense getting tired. And the, the Falcons were not deep on the defensive line uh, at all. No. They, they did not have a lot of guys they, they were happy to have out there, to say the least. So that's certainly part of it as well. I just, at some point, if you were the Falcons, after the, the, the six-minute mark of the third quarter, you needed to score once more. Touchdown, field goal, it didn't matter. You need to score once more, and you would have won that Super Bowl. And they couldn't do it. Yeah, I, I would say, because I'm pretty sure the, the POF or whatever it's called now, the projected, uh, that, that it's kind of a dumb mathematic equation where it, it's a, basically the win percentage chance for the Falcons yeah. was 98.9% or something like that. So 99.8. Yeah, really. So, wow. So this was the one of the two times in 1,000 or one in 500 times, if you will, that the Patriots actually win that football game, according to the, the mass of it. Something like that, yeah. But, I mean, I thought Kyle Shanahan was, and, and Dan Quinn, for the most part, were fantastic. It's just at the nine-minute mark of that, four, of that fourth quarter, they, they both turned into, into Andy Reid there for, for some reason. And they were doing all this weird stuff. Like, remember, I kept commenting. Like, I, I kept turning to you guys and going, why is Ryan snapping the ball with, like, 10 yep. 15 seconds left on the play clock and they did that like three or four times it was like what are you doing the clock like the clock is your enemy right now not the patriots right like yeah, don't right snap the ball like they kept snapping the ball at 12 seconds and then i i realized you're you're like kyle shanahan and those guys they they, they they're obviously of an intelligence and a football intelligence that i could only dream of but at a certain point you got to get down to basics right and basics there was just run 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 field goal and billy as a minnesota vikings fan did you feel like this was kind of it's a very similar situation to the the way the vikings beat that 98 vikings in the in the nfc title game the way they lost that one uh well there are a few different but yeah sorry bill go ahead yeah it just it's one of those things that they had so little to gain mm -hmm. and so much to lose. And it's similar to even Pete Carroll throwing it on the one. Like, you have yeah, so much sure. you can lose there and so little to gain by doing it. Uh, I, I just can't even imagine what would have prompted him to make a decision like that. But Yeah, like, football's a I game of inches, but also, like, the Pats' last two Super Bowls have, have been you know, have come courtesy of, of, of the opposing coaches making bonehead decisions. So certainly has helped. I just, I, I think that they wanted to stay aggressive and they, they felt as mm -hmm. though, okay, why are we going to leave this in the chances of a, of a field goal kicker? Let's just score a sure. touchdown and really make sure about this. I, I understand that from, a, from the perspective of, uh, if they had struggled running the ball all day, I'd agree with mm -hmm. you. They yeah. did it. They were getting seven like, yards a carry. Like, 5.8 yeah, officially. Yeah. yeah. It, and they, they ran, I think, five running plays after they, the 28-3 the to three touchdown. I think they ran five running plays the rest of the game. Really? Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Some absurd, it, 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 some absurd tiny little number like that. That said, uh, a theory that I heard online, and, and we don't know this to be true, but uh, at some point did they read that was Alex Mack having a, a struggle with the run blocking. The power that requires the run blocking, because obviously he was another one. not playing at a 100% level. Now, if that's the case, 
you can say, hey, you needed one drive. You can maybe take him out of there and, and figure out something else. I don't know. But I, I I look at that situation and think that perhaps there was a reason they didn't want to run the ball. And they did have some successful plays throwing it. Uh, not traditionally successful plays as far as like, oh, we were picking them apart. But Jones made an incredible catch on the sideline, which everyone's going to forget about now, even though that would have been the catch that won the Super Bowl if, if they had just kicked that field goal. Uh, Freeman uh, had a really nice run or a, a catch and run rather to uh, get them into field goal range. So they, uh, they did some good things on that last uh, full drive they had. Uh, before the clock was running out uh, in the second half there, but it just didn't wind up mattering. Yeah, that that Alex Mack thing was insane. That he they, they revealed that he was playing on a broken leg or something. Like like, do you think that? Yeah, he's pretty much Greg Jennings at this point. Yeah, how much? Yeah, how much longer, dog? How am I doing this? Uh, <laughs> how how like when do you think that happened? Do you think it it, it happened in the the during practice the week before or or like how long no it happened it happened during the uh during the game against green bay he missed okay. a series against the Packers, so that's what so. they're saying it like but man they kept that under wraps all that money people were gambling you know and they're like oh by the way alex mack broken leg but he's playing don't worry yeah that's right man <laughs> absolutely insane yeah. um is this the worst loss in the history of football yeah yep does it has to does it go on a shelf next to the likes of Bill Buckner? Um, no, because the Falcons as a franchise aren't as high profile as the Red Sox, and they're. But it's bad. It's... Like I couldn't imagine being a Falcons fan. No. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, because that was one of the things I remember. I, I was reminiscing with you. There was a there was a certain point where I was so fed up with being a Detroit Lions fan and still am to this day, but I was so fed up that I had a moment of weakness where I was like, that's it. I'm not cheering for the Lions anymore. I just can't do it. And I was like, I'm going to cheer for a new team. Uh, fuck it. The Falcons. I don't care. I'm going to be a Falcons fan. And then like an hour later I came to my senses and was like, all right, like there'd be no good. So, and, and now I'm really glad I didn't do it because I probably would have killed myself (laughs) yesterday. (laughs) Good Lord. I couldn't, I couldn't even like if if that happened to the Broncos. I couldn't yeah. even imagine how I'd be feeling. I could not even possibly begin to describe how I'd be feeling if that happened to the Broncos. Especially like in a situation where, you know, let's say the Broncos had never won before. Like if that happened mm-hmm. to the Leafs, yeah. like something like that, like and something like that did happen to the Leafs in the first round, Game Seven against yes. Boston in 2013. If that happened to the Leafs in Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals, like I wouldn't be doing a podcast. I'd be like living in the mountains somewhere. Like I've I've already sold everything I own and been on my way. Yeah, you'd, you'd be a monk somewhere. Be like, well, I've got to go like get enlightened now because I, my spirit yeah. is destroyed. Exactly. Yeah. And I'd say to my wife, like, you've been a you've been a lovely partner, yeah. but if you want to come with me for this, that's fine. But if you want to live in society where you might ever hear about this game again, yeah. I'm sorry, I can't stay with you. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> like, oh man, it, it, like it's weird that you brought up the the Leafs because it, it got me thinking about you know some of the other greatest comebacks in 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 sports history. Because I was just. You know, like as a sports fan, I just tend to, you know, when you see something that crazy, you just tend to reminisce about some of the craziest things. And I think we, we, this has to be declared the greatest comeback in the history of the NFL. And then I was looking up some of the other, you know, I was having fun looking up some of the other greatest single game comebacks. In in the NHL, um, obviously the miracle in Manchester is up there. I, I yep. actually think that's the greatest. Like if you're just counting single game comebacks, 
the NHL's got the miracle in Manchester, I think. And then, unfortunately, you mentioned it, the, the Bruins 4-1 comeback against uh, the Leafs was, was one. Uh, the Lakers in the playoffs uh, completed a sweep against the Supersonics in, 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 I think it was 89 when they were down 29, came back and won that game. Um, I think the, the greatest single-game comeback in the NBA is, is the Celtics beating the Lakers in Game 4 in 2008. After being down 24, that's one. If you're talking playoff series, Red Sox down 3 nothing to the Yankees is obviously the greatest. Uh, in the NBA, is the Cavs down 3-1 to the Warriors last year the greatest like single series comeback of all time? I think it has to be, considering yeah. you were talking about a team that went, uh, what was it, 73-9 and in the regular yeah. season. Uh, I think it has to be, yes. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of... There's not a rich history of of nba comebacks i'll say like the like the nba of the the three who have seven game series they've never had a team come back well the nba is the is the least based on yeah luck and having a good day and bounces like Mm -hmm. basketball is the game where where talent's gonna cross the 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 more talented team is going to win more often than not the cream's gonna rise that's why yeah yeah, exactly so that's why you don't have it there um baseball is just friggin' impossible to to nail down a single greatest comeback of all time. Because what do you base it on if if in, in baseball, right? Like, do you base it on you know biggest lead of all time, or do you base it on like ninth inning it's comebacks? Gotta, or it's got to be stakes. You're right. It's, yeah. it's tough to to me as far as the series go. It has to be that the 2004 Boston versus New yeah. York one because because the stakes were just so massive. It's the yeah. two franchises, the whole thing. It is impossible but too because I was looking it's, up it's tough. I was looking up baseball. Well, I was trying to look up single game baseball comebacks, and any time you try, to, if you just type anything with the word comeback into like uh, baseball, if you type the word baseball and comeback in any sentence, it's automatically the first like ten things in Google are going to be Red Sox Yankees from two thousand four. Yep. And I'm like, no, Google single game comebacks, single game comebacks. And they're like, no, but what about this this two thousand four Yankees Red Sox series? Talk about that, because I mean, we've had in baseball, there's been an insane in the last like. 10 years like even last year the cubs were down 5-2 to the to the giants in in the ninth inning and then yep. railed off four and one uh a few years ago there was a uh who's it the red sox were down five nothing to the tigers weren't they and then there was the yep. ortiz grand slam and then what about the friggin texas rangers one strike away from the winning winning the world series twice and came and nothing nothing to here's show for the thing it. about baseball when you're talking about stuff like this yeah Unlike the other sports we've been discussing, there is no clock in that. Yeah, that's that's also true. There's no clock in baseball. The the game's as long as you're able to make it. Mm-hmm. Got to get those so, outs. Exactly. Was this? Let, let let me pose this question to Bill first. Was this the greatest Super Bowl ever? Yeah, I, I think it has to be. And other, if I didn't hate the Patriots, this would have been the most exciting Super Bowl of all time. It still was. It's just it leaves that taste in your mouth. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't love the outcome, but in all reality, this was the greatest. This was one of the greatest games all year. Yeah. You know, let alone Super Bowl. So, yeah, I think it was the greatest Super Bowl of all time. Craig, thoughts? Well, certainly not as good as Super Bowls 32, 33, or 50. Um, <laughs> but that aside, just just from a, like, uh, a, a game game perspective, let me because I think the argument. Honestly, I'll come out. I'll come out and say it. Like if it's not even just an anti Patriots thing, I think Super Bowl 49 might have been a better game than this one. Which one was that again? 
Seattle, New England. Seattle, New England. Yeah, that might be. But I think, yeah, if you're talking Seattle, New England, I still think the greatest Super Bowl of all time is still the Cardinals-Steelers one. Because that was really good. That there one, was a lot. Of... There was so much nonsense in that game. And it was back and forth, too, unlike this game, which was a tale of two halves, right? Uh, I th- So I think, I think the fact that it was a back and forth tilt in the long run will still mean the Cardinal Steelers is the greatest Super Bowl of all time. But I mean, this is at worst top three. I think this, this... as much as it was, yeah. Taylor two halves, but there yeah. was like Julio Jones had that catch in the fourth quarter. That was, that was just only freakish. In the half. Yeah. That shocked me. But it was still that. one of those ones that you thought, you thought it solidified the game. Right. Yeah. And then the Patriots had a catch, you know, the, uh, the Edelman catch that again, you, you thought maybe at least was going to get them back in scoring position. Like there was a bit of back and forth in that fourth quarter as much as it was. Yeah. They didn't get any points out of it. Atlanta, which is what killed them. But, like, when Julio Jones caught that ball, I thought that was game. I, I, I just want to say one thing to the Pats fans. Um, congratulations. Uh, it's it's an, an insanely good dynasty. Uh, absolutely all-timer. But any Pats fan who now claims that at some point last night that they did not give up on the football game is a filthy, rotten liar. <laughs> I am talking directly to Bill Simmons on this one because he claimed on his podcast today that he did not give up. And that was the only time in the podcast where I just like I had my headphones in my ears and I was in a room by myself, like doing dishes. And then I just yelled out to myself, oh, bullshit. Right. Like, you, you OK. And, and like the only Pat's fan, Craig, would you go ahead and tell the, the, the story of the of our good friend Colin, who is the only uh, Patriots fan that we know? Uh, and for a specific reason, the only one we're willing to associate with. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, we were just ch- chatting back and forth last night and in a group chat. Mm-hmm. And out of, out of, like, we're just talking about the game. And all of a sudden, out of, someone says the word God. And Colin just comes out of nowhere. Hasn't said anything in hours because <laughs> the Patriots are down 21 to 3. Or 28 to 3, rather. Says, there is no God. And then disappear, <laughs> and then disappears until it's 28-20. Yeah, exactly, right? So, and <laughs> Any, Pat, any Pats fan who claimed like just don't do don't do that Pats fans okay like like you've got five Super yep. Bowls don't do me the disservice the disrespect the dishonor of of saying that you you didn't give up on that football game because you absolutely I think did. When Julian Edelman's hucking passes on third down, I think they gave up on that football game. Yeah, that seemed like a white flag play to me. Honestly, it did. Yeah. Like when they call like, that like a, so well, let's stupid. try this because nothing's working. Yeah. You know. And then Gotzkowski, like, even when they scored, Gotzkowski missed that field goal, and it was just like, oh, God, even when they, like, can't win for trying, right, the Patriots. Then they tried the onside kick, and it didn't work, and it it was just like, I really think, like, the the annals of history, which unfortunately are not going to remember that awesome Julio Jones catch, like, that will be be lost to the... Mm-hmm. Much know. like the, uh, the curse catch for Seattle, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, that'll yeah. be that'll be lost to the Annals. When, when we, we when we look back on this, I really think we're gonna say, boy, the Pats had the ball on the Patriots, twenty-two. Yeah, and right. well, now even before that, they had the ball on the onside kick when it was uh, twenty-eight-nine, and, and on their what forty? Yeah, and came away yeah. with nothing. Yeah, that's true too. Mm. What a mess! Yeah, absolute mess. Um. I cannot wait to bet against the Falcons next year. I know that's cruel to say, but uh, like... yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, I you assume they'll still lose Kyle Shanahan despite yes. 
Um, There's no recovering from a loss like this, though. You do not recover from a loss like this and have a good season next year. You just don't. I'm sorry. But it's their loss. It's probably worse than Seattle's in Super Bowl 49. Yes. That's absolutely. This is the worst loss. We, we already declared this the worst loss in the history of the National Football League. Yeah, I suppose. The, 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 like, just. Well, because the funny thing is, I don't know if you guys know this, but they already put out the Super Bowl odds for next year. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I know. What? Like, I wrote down some of them here Pat's 9 to 2. Cowboys seven to two. Atlanta's ten to one. Yeah, I don't think I make that bet. <laughs> yeah, Pitt, uh, Pitt, Green Bay, Oakland, Seattle are all twelve to one. Uh, Kansas City's twenty to one, which is interesting because you know they might get Tony Romo, and uh, the Cleveland Browns are two hundred and fifty to one. So there's that. It's exciting. Yeah. We'll see if Garoppolo can deliver a championship to Cleveland. <laughs> Two hundred and fifty to one. Does that not seem low? Yeah, it, it should be like, like five. that. Just doesn't seem like smart money to me. Like the odds of that happen. If you played this season two hundred and fifty times, I don't think Cleveland wins a single one. Yeah. How many times does Cleveland make the playoffs if you played the season two hundred and fifty times? Yeah. yeah. Three, maybe. Like, yeah, it might not be a high number. I think that's just a hedge in front of, like, because yeah. they've got a They're lot like, of... what's the point? Yeah. Well, they've also got a... It's not a, like anyone's going to get suckered in by that 380-1 to one bet. <laughs> True. They've also got a lot of... Like, the Browns have a chance, uh, like, to have a really good offseason here and maybe yeah, make true. some noise because they've got uh, two high draft picks and hopefully can make a trade of some sort. Um, I thought it was incredibly cruel of Fox to... The second thing started turning for the for the Falcons to run the... the they're like, here's all the titles Boston has won versus all the titles Atlanta has won montage. Boy, that was uh, that was a little like just Fox. That was just twisting the knife. That that was incredibly rude. I thought. Is there any group of people in the entire world that deserved what happened last night to happen for them less than Boston sports fans? No, because they have absolutely um, like they have like when was their what's their longest drought been in since 2001 since the Pats won. Two, three years, or something like that. Maybe yeah. they had the Pats in 01, 03, and 04. Uh, and they had the Celtics Celt- in 08. So that's four-year drought. Yeah, they had the Bruins in 2011. Yeah. Uh, oh, we had the Red Sox in 07. So they had a three yeah, year three-year drought. drought. Yeah, because yeah, like oh, this. You know, I'm I'm actually sick of talking about this. Yeah. Uh, but basically, Celtics title, I Boston don't care sports, for any of it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just the, like the whole Boston sports community. I just I I, I hate those people. Um, and I, um, (laughs) I wish that, uh, the reverse of what happened last night happened to you instead. And I hope that somehow, somehow we find out that Bill Belichick made some sort of deal with Satan or or something. And that (laughs) is, you, you would think though, that he made some sort of deal with Satan. Like, do you think that the deal was, okay, fine. You're going to win five Super Bowls. But you're gonna lose two, and they're both gonna be to Eli Manning. Maybe I, I, well, I don't know. Was like, that like the deal? Like, it, was that like I don't know? If you'd have told me, a catch. Catch. sorry, go ahead, Bill. There's always a catch with the devil, and losing to Eli Manning makes sense. Yeah. I guess. Like, if you'd have told me at halftime that that Bill Belichick had like sacrificed a chicken and then used the blood from said chicken to form a pentagram in the middle of the Patriots locker that they all chanted around. I'd believe it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I would have hell of a halftime. Yeah, man. Um, but like, I mean, we joke, but 37 first downs by the Patriots to the Falcons 17. Yowza. 
I mean, whew. that's not good. Yeah, I mean, last week or a couple weeks ago, I can't remember exactly when I declared that Tom Brady was the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, Craig, you you felt that there were arguments to be made for other uh, names such as John Elway, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, you, you know the usual suspects. Um, mm-hmm. Five Super Bowl rings, a record 466 passing yards in the Super Bowl. Um, is it officially over now? The argument? No. Really? Uh, it, 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 is the argument for Brady any worse if? The Falcons run the ball three times in a row, and Matt Bryant kicks a field goal? Um, oh, well, significantly worse, but unfortunately, that's not what happened. Yeah, I know it's not what happened. I'm just saying that something that was completely and totally out of Brady's control, which was mm-hmm. the Falcons making a series of poor decisions, get True. him that fifth Super Bowl ring. I don't, well, I don't understand how that, that I don't understand how that seals the argument, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Everything that was in his control, everything he needed to do on mm-hmm. his end to get that sure. W, he very much did. Yeah. That's that's the thing, right? Because like but to me, it, it comes back to this though. Like Tom Brady never played for a coach that called timeout when the other team was driving and trying to put together a two-minute drive for no reason. Like Tom Brady never played for Jim Caldwell. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady never played for Wade Phillips as a head coach. Tom Brady, you know what I mean? Like there, I just think that if you look at the organization around him. That has obviously it's not the fact that Brady's there is a huge part of it, but I think that I'm not saying you need to penalize him. I'm just saying that the, the team accolades that is the all you can use to get Brady over the hump as far as who the best guy is. The team accolades you've got to look at those and say, okay, wait a minute, hold on a second. Would he have achieved those without the greatest coach of all time being on the sidelines with him for every game he's ever played? But if that's the case, then you could never make a case for anyone because no one will ever have the identical situation. Oh, I know that. I'm just saying that to say that. Oh, it's by it's it's completely over. It's there there there's no debate here. There's no discussion. I just don't think that is fair based on the fact that no one had a better organizational structure situation than Brady. In fact, no one's even had close to as good an organizational situation structure as Brady. Brady rather, except for probably Joe Montana with the 49ers in the 80s. So for me to say that, oh yeah, look, he's clearly better than Peyton Manning, five Super Bowl rings to two. I just think that if you put Peyton Manning on the Patriots the day Bill Belichick gets the job, do, do the Patriots win fewer Super Bowls? It's no. Possible. Brady's actually got more rings than think, both the Mannings now. I don't yeah. think there's conclusive evidence that Brady's better than anyone else, like Manning, for example. But I do think that if you had to make a case for all of them, Brady's might be the strongest case. Yeah. Okay. I just, I just, Fair enough. I, but let's just, let's, say, let's just say that somehow in the draft – um, or, or like uh, the, when the Baltimore Colts are auctioning out the first round pick, the 49ers call up the Colts and say, okay, we'll trade you Joe Montana for John Elway. And that's the trade. Mm-hmm. How many Super Bowls did the 49ers win in the 80s if John Elway's a quarterback? Probably the same amount. I'd Maybe say it's even more. Yeah, Who knows? Like they still win those four at least, I would yeah. say. But I mean, I, yeah. think, I think if you superimpose Tom Brady back in the in the on those Niners teams, I think the same thing. Yeah, so I, I'm just saying that uh, Bill Walsh and the 49ers structure is kind of the, the comparison to mm-hmm. what Belichick did in, in, in this last decade. And, and so I'm just saying that if you're just basing the argument for, hey, this guy's better than that guy on team accolades alone, it's just tough wow. to do that because the team situ- – I know it's not alone, but like yeah. it's just the team situation for Brady was so good because Belichick was there. And – Again, like obviously, in-game coaching decisions is you, you can't just like say, okay, that's you know, 
that 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 guy lost this many games because of in-game coaching decisions. But when you compare Belichick exclusively under Belichick to Peyton Manning's list of coaches, which was in reverse order: Gary Kubiak, John Fox, Jim Caldwell, Tony Dungy. Was there someone between Dungy and Mora? I don't Jim think so. Either. I think. Yeah. yeah, Jim Mora was there at the start. So mm-hmm. I can't think. I don't think there's anybody between Dungy and Mora. Either no, way, those are the five Manning was under. Like those guys are not even remotely close to being in Belichick's class. Um, and you look at you know Montana has you know Bill Walsh and then Marty Schottenheimer as opposed to Elway, who's got Dan Reeves, Wade Phillips, and then you know the last couple of years with Mike Shanahan. So for me, it's something that if, if you just look at the team accolades and that's what you're making the decision based off of it's it's tough to make a decision based on that alone i mean like i I get your argument i just man if you really look at brady's stats holy fuck man i and and like the and and the 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 rings because like the knock for for like because remember it was elway versus marino like that was the biggest debate of the 80s and the 90s pretty much was who was a better quarterback elway or marino and then elway finally got the two titles and then that considered putting that argument to bed and and i i don't know man it's just the the the, the way because i mean the argument was already on the table for brady as greatest quarterback of all time and then he goes out there and completes the greatest comeback of all time on the biggest stage of all time you know and not without you know the other team's blunders but no comeback has ever been complete without the team that has the giant lead stabbing or shooting themselves in the foot a couple of times I, I just it, it was it was absolutely insane to me. I th- I thought it, it it cemented the legacy, and not only that, but like he was thirty nine when he did that too, right? And like like Elway had had Elway was thirty nine when he won his last one too, right? Thirty eight, thirty eight, yeah. So like Brady, Brady was thirty nine, and and he's probably not going to retire. And the Pats might bang off one or two more before, like it's it's all said and done. It's crazy. It, it's just. I'll 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 surrender the argument on from my end. I I think, like you can quote me on this. I think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback in the history of the National Football League. I used to think it was Joe Montana. I I I have now flipped, and I personally think it's Tom Brady. Who do you think it is, Bill? I don't know. I think you you can make a case for everyone, but like I said, the the case for Brady is probably the strongest. I mean, it's also the most fresh. Like if. If Aaron Rodgers goes crazy next year, you can make it. I mean, there's a little bit of time left there, but I'm just looking at all-time QB ratings. His is freakish. Yeah, yeah. Like he's at 104.1, and the next highest is under 100. Brady 97.2. Uh, Steve Young is a lot higher than I would have thought. But uh, the reality is that you can make a case for everyone, but I think right now I feel it's probably Tom Brady. Does Arthur Blank coming out of the booth at halftime to get <laughs> to get to the sidelines and and presumably start that celebration early? Does that go down as a future cautionary tale for for uh, other franchises that happen to be in the Super Bowl, Craig? Only if Arthur Blank started calling the plays. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like, yeah, you know <laughs> no, what no, I, mean, I understand. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. Like, you know, don't do that because you know, just yeah, just stay up in the yeah. yeah I, I suppose stay up in the uh, stay up in the box until you uh, you know yeah. the team one might be not a bad idea, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was not what you want uh, if you are a Falcons fan to have the images of him sitting there holding his wife's hand, just thinking, what is going on? Yeah, and it was it was just. I, I don't know. I just thought that was weird because I was just thinking like 
I don't know. There's just so many, like, because, I mean, sports fans, we're all stupidly superstitious, and it's all nonsense, and it affects absolutely nothing in the game, much like you said, because Arthur Blank is not calling the plays for the for the Patriots, right? Or for the Falcons. But, like, if you and I own that, like, let's say you and I were, were you know, dot-com billionaires in some sort of way, and we both owned a, a sports franchise, and we were in that situation, and then I turned to you and I said, at halftime, I'm gonna head down to the field so I can get a get a front row seat for when we celebrate winning the Super Bowl. Like you would punch me in the face. <laughs> like you would be like, "Are you insane?" Probably. Wait, wait till there's three zeros on the clock, right? And then we'll go down, right? Uh, and then we had to put up with Giselle like FaceTiming herself or whatever. She's like in the booth making sure she records her celebration. Ah, oh, God, that was the only part that I of the Patriots celebration that I think made me want to throw up in my mouth because it reminded me of like. I used to party all night and sleep with lingerie models until Ned and his Bible group showed me that I could have more. Professional athletes always want more. Oh, man. Uh, uh, some of the bets that came through were pretty funny. You know what I didn't realize in the moment last night? Because obviously it was it was what was going on. It was on a lot was, to process. Yep. Yeah, it was a lot to process. If the Pats won by kicking a field goal in overtime, that would have hit the push on both sides. So Vegas would have taken in like almost no money from the Super Bowl. Well, not no money, but they would have. Yeah, taken yeah, yeah. In I, no I get that. Yeah, like big boy not, money. No, no money from like from the the, the main bet that yeah. most people make would have been either Atlanta plus three yes. or New England minus three, and that bet would have paid out zero to anyone. Yes. They wouldn't have lost money, but that no. that big bet, the bet that would have got the most action, would have paid out zero. Yeah, absolutely. Like like they, like the big boy bet that everybody had money on would have pushed. Which I yep. there's no way that's happened in the history of the Super Bowl. I don't think. I don't think so. Um, I I enjoyed my bet of I, I started the day with the under in the first quarter, bang. The over in the second quarter, bang. And then I grabbed my phone and and went, hey Greg, I think we should bet the under in the third quarter and the over in the fourth quarter. And we did, and bang. <laughs> that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, um there was a scenario because uh, I bet the Falcons plus nine. And the over of 52 and a half. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to hedge that thinking, oh, Falcons plus nine. Well, I know that's coming in, which it did. Didn't expect things to go the way that they did. But either way, Falcons plus nine did come in. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I better hedge this by betting the under in the second half. And I found an under for the second half that left me with a four point window that if a four of uh, 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 um, I believe it was between 24 or 25 and 29 points were scored in the second half. Mm-hmm. I would have got paid on both my hedge bet and my original bet. If the Patriots had missed their two-point conversion, I would have got it. Oh, that would have been a very lucrative, lucrative thing. Now, I still made money yesterday. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, we, it, it been... was a lucrative Super Bowl for the three yeah. of us overall. Yes. But it yeah. was less so. It would have been a very lucrative but, Super Bowl. But we can't that do that. We can't be like, in the, cause we can't be like in the, 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 the sharp that De Niro, or the, the whale that De Niro robbed in, in the movie Casino, right? Where he goes, you know. What, what was, I think it was the Japanese guy's name was like Ichikawa or something. He goes, the problem with it, you know, Ichikawa is they can't bet small for long. He didn't see it as winning four thousand. He saw it as losing seventeen thousand. Right? So it's like, yeah. you know, you can't be like that guy, right? It's like, oh That's man. True. Some of the some of the big bets, like I, the two biggest bets that I saw came in. Um, Brady over forty completions was a bet. That was forty to one. Wow. Yeah. Um, Matt Ryan total completions at 17 was 80 to one, but that one's not, 
Yeah. That that one's too, I don't know. That's too specific, right? But like the Brady. Could over- you imagine betting that after like and watching the first half and being like, well, I guess that 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 money's gone. Yeah. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. Oh. Um. Robert Kraft throwing some shade to Roger. Like, if, if one good thing comes out of, of watching the Patriots win, it was uh, <laughs> Roger or Robert Kraft did throw some some sweet um, privileged old white man shade towards uh, <laughs> towards uh, Roger Goodell, who, by the way, exited very quickly. Like, he basically like yeah. shook. Here's the roll, gotta go. Yeah, exactly. Right. He was like, oh, he's Mike's like, leaving. He's like, yep. He's like, yeah. There you go, Rob. There you go, Tom. Who shook hands generously, and he was like super. Well, he picked up the mic and was like, good time, while everybody booed the shit out of him. And then he was like, here you go, Tom. And then he's like, gotta go. <laughs> so good. Um, was Lady Gaga's performance the greatest halftime show of all time? No. Why not? Because Bruce Springsteen's halftime show still exists. Okay, so Lady Gaga jumped from the roof of a building, mm-hmm. had choreographed dance numbers, was spot on on her singing, played guitar and a piano, Dropped the mic, caught a football, and dove off stage afterwards. But I get, you know, I guess uh, Bruce Springsteen, what I don't know, played a guitar at one point. He slid and, his crotch into the camera. That was hot. Yeah, and and, and uh, <laughs> you know, played a bunch of songs that all sound eerily similar to one another. But yeah, you know, Bruce Springsteen, whatever. No, it's clearly Bruce Springsteen. Uh, <laughs> no, the, the Lady Gaga thing was, you know, she she did some cool stuff and whatever, but uh, it was. Uh, I don't know. Prince was pretty awesome. Based Prince on the fact was up there. Like, I'll take Prince as an argument. You can't, you can't give me Springsteen though. Like, Springsteen wasn't bad, but like, most. Uh, if you go look, and at I'm, the I'm most not a Springsteen the, fan, but most of the yeah. websites that uh, rank, you know, best Super Bowl halftime shows ever would have uh, would have your top two being one of uh, your top two of both uh, until yesterday being yeah. Springsteen and Prince in some order. Yeah. Well, I think Lady Gaga's on that uh, on on that. I think she she wedged herself into that conversation yesterday because I, I thought that was fantastic. Although apparently that uh, jump thing was taped, which makes oh, sense. Yeah? Which makes sense because you don't want an Owen Hart situation. Like it, unfortunately, like I, I don't like bringing that up. But like apparently that thing of her being on the roof was taped, and then they, they already had her suspended, so they did like the jump, and then cut to her on the uh, on the wires already. Because, like we said, you don't want like Lady yeah. Gaga gets killed at halftime is is not something you no. want. You want uh, like because I mean, do you even play the half? Like, do you play the second half or do you just go like, all right, Falcons win the Super Bowl, game over? Well, they right? powered through when Owen Hart died. Yeah, which they caught. You know, I, I think they probably regret that decision. They caught insane amounts of flack for yeah. doing that, but they also they also because remember when when. You know the historical tragedy of of nine eleven occurred. Uh, football canceled their games that week. Um, really? Yeah, re- yeah. They took a week off, and and I think baseball was still going on, and baseball took a week off and everything. And they, <laughs> you know, the wrestling guys kept doing their. They they went out there on Monday Night Raw and put on a show and stuff, and and caught hell for it. Ah. Show must go on. Show must go on. That's what. That's Even right. though it's a horrible, horrible, horrible idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. Um. So yeah, anything, anything else? I feel like we could, we 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 covered that top to bottom. I mean, it's 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 still we're still in the process of of soaking that one in because I just man that was bad. I can't even like I think the worst. 
Actually, I know the worst uh, loss of my career as a fan is unequivocally Game 7, 2010, when the Lakers beat the Celtics. And the Celtics coughed up a, I believe it was a 10 or 11 point lead start at the start of the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. That one was uh, my, Mine would still be, and this is, even though the it wasn't as excruciating as the Leafs versus the Bruins, the yeah. uh, Joe Flacco game against the Broncos. Because I really, really did believe. Oh, yeah. I really did believe that mm. the Broncos were not only the best team in the NFL that season, but yeah. far and away the best team. And the fact that the Broncos have won the Super Bowl since that happened obviously makes you feel a little better about the situation. Yeah. But that was worth Because I, I knew – I was under no illusions that that Leaf team was going to win the Stanley Cup. I never thought for a second it yeah. would happen. I thought that was a Leaf team that was pulled from obscurity by an incredible season from Phil Kessel and James Reimer. And other than that, it was a bad hockey team. And I, I'm, I'm right about that. It was poorly coached. I'm right about that, too. Um. But yeah, the the Broncos' loss against Baltimore, which took place just three months before that, that was I think that was the worst loss I've had. Really? Wow, that comes as a shock. It was worse. It was definitely worse than the Seattle game in the Super Bowl. Definitely worse than that. Yeah, well, because I mean, not to reminisce about about terrible losses, but like that game was kind of over right away, so you could kind of oh yeah walk you, away you, from you, it, it, right? It, yeah. yeah, yeah. It just you you knew that it was yeah not going to be. Yeah, the Baltimore game was much worse because I knew and they, the Broncos were so other than running back where they were like really really hurt by injuries everywhere else they were so healthy. Mm-hmm. Like you know, people forget in that Seattle Super Bowl, Von Miller didn't play, Chris Harris Jr. didn't play. True. Like, there were a lot of guys who just were not part of that. Uh, Ryan Clay didn't play. There's a lot of guys who just were really good players who were not part of that football game. Whereas the Broncos were so healthy, things were going so well, and then just the, the most awful, ridiculous thing happened. And so. that, that, yeah, and that Seattle team was good too, right? So it wasn't like you lost oh, yeah. to a, a yeah that Baltimore team, team was, right? Was, yeah, that Baltimore team should never have got to where they were. Yeah, they were worse than the Patriots. They were worse than the 49ers. They were worse than the Broncos, and they won all three games. Madness, pure madness. What about you, Bill? While we're while we're trading, you know, open wounds still. What was your worst fan <laughs> loss of all time? Uh, I think I gotta go with the, it's ever so recent, but that missed extra or missed field goal from uh, Blair yeah. Walsh. Like, yeah, that's. Oh. I know it was cold and everything, but they were playing really well. They had all lots of momentum. They, I thought they were making a real run. They had the game won, and there it goes. Yeah. Oh, that one was bad. Well, I guess that's the one good thing about you know having the Detroit Lions as my football team is I don't have any horrible horrible playoff losses. Actually, that's not even true. I still have the the, the non call against uh, in that Dallas Cowboys game. Again, the Lions weren't winning a, a Super Bowl that year, but it'd be nice to get at least one playoff victory every now and then. You know, but unfortunately, that's it. So that's it, boys. That's that's it for our uh, cool. That's it for football, eh? I mean, we'll. Uh, Talk to you guys here and there, Bill. We'll we'll get you on, I'm sure, for game of, some Game of Thrones talk when Game of Thrones comes yeah. back. And Craig, you and I will. They released that damn book. Yeah, uh, Craig, you and I will uh, power through. Uh, we'll focus on. Uh, I got a feeling we're gonna have a little. little we're gonna have a little tension on the podcast because I I feel like we're gonna have a little Celtics Raptors series that's gonna go six or seven and probably get a little heated. Yeah, I think it'll be good. Uh, yeah, it, it should be good. And we also got, you know, we're we're since we're good Ontario boys, we do have Aki 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 coming up, and uh, not much to talk about on my end. But uh, your team looks like they're probably the gonna Leafs make the are playoffs. really good though. Yeah, it looks like your team's gonna make the playoffs, and we got uh, the deadlines coming up. So uh, this won't be the last we hear of you guys till football. Plus season. Bachelor tomorrow. All oh, right, that. yeah, and, and you'll be back of course tomorrow uh, doing Bachelor talk and. I'm pretty excited for that tonight. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was talking about it at work with Jess today. We're we're excited for tonight. We're excited for tomorrow's podcast. Yeah, we need the Bachelor now. 
to forget the pay- Patriots fans are the happiest people yeah. walking around. Basically, place, I need so. Nick and Corinne to get married. It's the only way I'm going to feel better. Exactly. <laughs> yep. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's what we all need. Um, once again, thank you, you guys, for, for carrying, for putting me on your shoulders and carrying me through yet another NFL season. And uh, it's too bad this one ended the way, although we had an all-time game, it's too bad that it ended yep. <laughs> unlike last year when we were all happy for Craig's Broncos winning. So uh, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen Sigh. next year? Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? You're coming. Yeah. All right. Uh, take care, you guys, and uh, thanks again for doing this. Uh, crossover Podcast yeah. available at thecrossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash thecrossoverpodcast, and iTunes, and, of course, soundcloud.com slash crossoverpodcast. Once again, thank you, gentlemen, and can't wait to talk about football next year. Got it. Later. Crossover.